Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You are now listening to The War Report Podcast Network. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to the College Loop Podcast, episode 105 of the College Loop Podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Mark, joined today by Mr. Harrison Tar. Tar, how you doing, buddy? No complaints, man. A little under the weather. I'm going to try to fight through it. Fight through the adversity makes us better. You know what I mean? Um, nah, really, really, really glad to be on the loop. Had a lot of fun hanging out with the guys in the Uptempo podcast uh, a couple days ago as this show's coming out. And, man, this whole War Report podcast network, podcast family, if you will, we are cooking for this football season. And I am really, really excited. Um, a lot of big stuff coming out of a lot of places. So super pumped. Glad to be back on the show. Let's talk Auburn ball. People are talking about Peyton Thorne. There's uh there is some some thorn uh and enthusiasm in in the air. So uh there's there's a lot 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 going on. Let's uh let's let's get into it, Dill. Yeah, if you just to start with Peyton Thorn, I mean he has been announced to be on the Johnny Unitas Golden Arm Award watch list. And for the first time in I think this offseason, the media actually got to sit down and talk to Peyton Thorne, uh, I believe yesterday as the show comes out, I believe. Yes, and he kind of brought up. Uh, he he believes he has the accuracy and ability to thrive uh, within this uh, scheme, this quick tempo, this uh, RPO system that he frees and Philip Montgomery really want to run. Run, and Peyton Thorne seems to think that he can handle it. I mean, he's got the tools. But there's certainly there is film that that, that supports that, Dylan. And and 2021 and 2022, Peyton Thorne were different people, but different Jimmys and Joes around them, right? Um, it's, it's sometimes, like I say all the time, not always X's and O's, a lot of times Jimmy's and Joe's. And, and I, I think Auburn's setting him up to be successful and, and return to the 2020 form, uh, 2021 form, excuse me, of Peyton Thorne. Now, am I a believer that Robbie Ashford, am I not a believer that Robbie Ashford's sitting there looking over his shoulder? And do I think that there's a bona fide starter for week one? Absolutely not. I think there's a starter and we'll find out. And, uh, I, there was a lot of really interesting points uh, that I've listened to this week about what a Robbie Ashford package could look like, what it, what could Robbie Ashford taking over the reins of this team look like. But do I think Peyton Thorne can be successful in this offense? Absolutely. Yeah, and I know uh, two shows ago, me and Daniel kind of predicted his stat line. I think I resorted to the – if he remains a starter throughout the year, I think I gave him 2,700 passing yards mixed up with, I want to say I said 25 touchdowns to about 10 interceptions, nine to 10 interceptions, and then rushing for around 350 with like 
maybe four or five tutties alongside that. Uh, just kind of get the whole package because a quarterback's going to be running the ball in, in, in a Hugh Free system. And even Bo Wallace ran the ball for a little bit, uh, but lost a lot of his yards getting sacked because his Ole Miss teams were not the greatest teams in the world. But uh, Bo Wallace did lead that team over Alabama at least once. Uh, but Tari, what's your, what's your, what would you say your, your prediction is for a Peyton Thorne season if he started all 12 games? I actually think you almost hit, hit hit the nail on the head. Um, I like north of 2,500 passing yards. Would it be cool to see Auburn have a 3,000-yard passer? Yeah. Um, I actually learned this week this, the stat that there's only two in the history of Auburn. Yeah. Um, that was pointed out to me, and they were quite literally, what, 20 years apart? Uh, the the two being, I think I believe, Damian Craig and uh, Jarrett Stidham, correct? Yes. Damian yep. Craig in 1997, Jarrett Stidham in, in, in 2017. Yeah, I don't think Peyton Thorne's quite there. <laughs> I don't. I don't think that this team's right there. I think twenty-seven feels good. That's that's a good number. And what, what was what was the rushing touchdowns you you, you added? Uh, four to five, uh, alongside three hundred fifty rushing yards. I, I was thinking around 300, three to four, um, and 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 that in that ballpark, three hundred rushing yards, three to four uh, touchdowns on the ground. Uh, I do think that your goal line package quite possibly involves Robbie Ashford in terms of uh, when you, when you get there, kind of similar to what we saw. In 2019, with uh, Joey Gatewood, um, not not dissimilar, um, and that's not me comping Robbie to Joey Gatewood as much as it's just kind of like that's kind of how that works, right? Having yeah, that goal line quarterback package, um, I, I think that's that's entirely plausible. So yeah, I, I like that a lot, um, and uh, obviously uh, a lot of people are very high on Peyton Thorne. There's a reason that Q Freeze and company brought him in. Uh, they saw something in him. Him being named the starter does not surprise me at even a little bit. We've heard all kinds of rumors all offseason, and, and I think that actually kind of speaks to the, to the, I guess, positive nature of this coaching staff. A, we know for a fact that it was a competitive quarterback battle. Uh, don't think for a second Holden Gurner's not sitting there prepped and ready if, if he's given the opportunity. Um, it also goes to show um, that this, this group has done just the right amount of letting us know what we need to know and also the amount of let's keep this in-house and let them battle it out. Um, and so I, I, I think that uh, this is overall Peyton Thorne getting national attention is a good thing. Yeah. And uh, obviously later on next week, whenever it's like, you know, game week, we'll probably have more in-depth things uh, stat wise, predicting stats for all the other players, but Peyton Thorne overall, I love Robbie to death. And I really hope Robbie doesn't end up becoming the starter uh, or get some very good reads and packages this season and then becoming the starter next year just to give uh, Walker White some time to develop. And, of course, I think if Peyton Thorne hits that stat line that I gave, that gives him enough of a national headline to where he has the potential to leave early. Sure. I think early, per se. Uh, but I mean, what Peyton Thorne can bring to the table is consistency at the passing position, which obviously is what Hugh Freeze wants. That's obviously the issues he's had with Robbie Ashford uh, for – some of the some of the offseason. Obviously, Robbie Ashford has definitely stepped up and is not just going to let Peyton Thorne think he has that job continuously throughout the year. If Robbie Ashford has a great practice and Peyton Thorne slacks, Robbie Ashford could definitely start a game that he was not supposed to. Sure, or it wasn't it wasn't in, in the in the cards whenever uh, they went to practice that week, probably. Uh, but looking at Peyton Thorne, I mean, Johnny Nice going number one. That's just the, like a best quarterback award, right? That's all that really is. There's not yeah. like, yeah, uh, which is also like low key the Heisman, but like. <laughs> Yeah, I, the Heisman's only a quarterback award. I mean, you'll see that later on when we do our college football predictions for everything because uh, my Heisman winner, shocker, is a quarterback. But, yeah, 
Uh, but look, look at Peyton Thorne, what a season can be. Uh, I do think, I think we talk about it all the time. I think Peyton Thorne gives Auburn the shortest gap between the ceiling and the floor. Sure. Uh, and Robbie Ashford probably gives you the biggest gap, but I think Robbie Ashford also gives you the biggest ceiling, but the lowest floor in that case. I, I don't hate that take. I do think that Peyton Thorne is the most complete quarterback on this roster in terms yeah, of he is. It's, that also just comes with the fact that he's played longer and has started longer and has actually played in a played longer in a higher echelon conference in the in the Big Ten sure. and even seen it saw a lot of success in the Big Ten, leading Michigan State to their one respectable season since 2015. <laughs> and then since then, I don't really know, but and it helps the fact that he does have the help of a stable of running backs who are one of the nation's best, who I don't think get talked about nearly enough. Uh, and Jarquez Hunter, Damari Austin, Brian Batie, uh, Sean Jackson, and even Jeremiah Cobb, who we talked about last show, is going to be prevalent in a lot of the in the four games he's going to be allowed to play in. Yeah, hey, I plugged your Sean Jackson game, by the way. And yes, I, I plugged always, that elsewhere. Always down for a Sean Jackson game. Uh, but Peyton Thorne, I, if he can hit 2,700 passing yards, I think, and I think 3,000 is definitely a very far ceiling. I think 27 is still tough to get to. It um, is, especially dealing with the injuries Auburn is dealing with. And we'll get more into those extensive injuries later on. Just kind of saving those to the end. But Peyton Thorne did find himself on another watch list, Har. Uh, and, and a watch list that you've been very – that you might know a little bit about because you covered the the senior bowl before yep. and gave me one of my favorite pictures of you uh, of all time, uh, the recent senior bowl. Uh, Peyton Thorne leads the charge alongside Javarius Johnson, Shane Hooks, Jair Shorter, Dylan Wade, Rivaldo Fairweather, DJ James, Keontae Scott, Jalen Simpson, Nehemiah Pritchett, Jalen McLeod, Larry Nixon the third. Elijah McAllister and Justin Rogers as the 14 Tigers who are currently on the watch list for the senior bowl. So basically seniors who are not predicted to be highly draft, highly drafted selections. They definitely could work their way up sure. to that now, but right now kind of seen as like mid to late round guys who are they're thinking could build their stock up. Question for you kind of impromptu. If you, when you look at this list of guys uh, for, from Auburn that are on the senior bowl watch list, are there any names to you? I think there's a one, maybe two to me that, that automatically pop out and say, this guy, if this, if this senior bowl was tomorrow, would already receive an, an invite. Um, your, your thoughts initially to that, Dylan? Um, I think that there's a couple. Uh, well, obviously, the the secondary, every, everybody in the secondary immediately, except for maybe, I want to say maybe except for Keontae Scott and Jay Simp. Uh, Dita James, Nima Pritchard, definitely on that list. Uh, Keontae Scott and Jalen Simpson kind of just need one more good year. And they definitely are in that spot. Uh, I think those are the two main ones I see. Rivaldo Fairweather is a guy who I think is going to be very interesting because I think he's probably going to have the biggest jump out of any of these guys uh, draft-wise uh, based on what I, how I think his season sure. can go. I, 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 I like that take. You actually kind of just – I'll just kind of hit retweet on what you said. Uh, I was just curious where, you, where your head's at. I think that the one guy, if there's only one dude on this list that I'm like, yeah, he for sure would be invited tomorrow would be DJ James. Um. Nehemiah Pritchett feels like a lock to me. Um, Elijah McAllister is an interesting one. Um, bringing the experience he brings from Vanderbilt. If he has a decent season at Auburn this year, I think that he'll receive an invite to the Senior Bowl and there'll be some NFL teams to say, hmm, you know, like fundamentally sound. Maybe this is a guy that we could we could use as a, as a, as a maybe a depth piece or a practice squad piece, whatever that may look like. Um, certainly something to prove there. I'm with you. Um, Shane Hooks, I think, needs to needs to have a year um, for, for that, that to happen. 
Uh, Javarius Johnson, that feels plausible. Um, I, I, I think that you need a little bit more proof in the pudding this year. Uh, but beyond that, Peyton Thorne, I mean, they just yeah, – the Senior Bowl and, and all the props uh, to, to the folks at Senior Bowl, they do a great job extending invites and making sure that they can do what they can. Peyton Thorne feels like a lock, too, because they love them some quarterbacks. Uh, is there a guy on this list not on this list that you realize right off the bat? Because there's a, it was a guy that stood to me when I was making the list. Stood out very prevalently to me. I'll let you go ahead so I can slam my head in the desk and say, yeah, probably. So Dylan Wade is here. Yeah. Gunnar Britton is not. He's not. You're so right. And I think Gunnar Britton definitely has a chance to be better than Dylan Wade. A lot of people, a lot of, lot of people saying Dylan Wade's going to be the best best member on that trench. And well, Gunnar Britton has been so good that he's been plugging in all, all through the offensive line. He's definitely – he's a utility guy who's going to start at right tackle. Yeah. And I'm just surprised Gunnar Britton's not here because I think he, if he definitely has a good enough season, he could definitely see himself going in that first round alongside DJ James. First and, round real high. Um, uh, offensive tackle, if he has a great year. And this guy who could play anywhere, that, that speaks volumes to a team right there. If it's a guy who could play – he's great at guard, but also pretty good at uh, – play great at tackle and be pretty good at guard, NFL teams love to see that. And definitely just a guy who's already got the mechanics down. He's a veteran guy, loves the game. He's Can a Auburn get Gunnar Britton snaps at center just, just for the resume? <laughs> I'm always down. He, he's he's the offensive line version of Isaiah Simmons. Yeah. He just plugs in in every spot in the trench. A true plug uh, and chug guy. Exactly. Get him to play some get him to play some fullback, tight high, end. High school math teachers would love the nickname plug and chug. <laughs> uh, we here at the college loop love nicknames. <laughs> I'm still trying to wait for the Doc McAllister nickname to catch on. Wait, waiting on it. Waiting on Still it. Waiting on it. Uh, but DJ James did find himself on this list, but he also did not find himself on another list that came yeah, out. Yeah, this one is mind-boggling. And this one makes no sense to me. There were five Auburn Tigers on the coaches' preseason all-SEC team, and they all made it on the third team. But DJ James is the one player on this list that's not there that definitely should have been, uh, especially because Jarquez Hunter may be a little low. Yep. Uh, second team seems about where he should be after Raheem Sanders and Quinshawn Junkins. Uh, sure. Cam Stutz is an interesting pick. Weird. Uh, and it's just because we don't know how he's going to look going into this year. Uh, but I guess you could do that for everybody. Luke Deal being on this list is, I also find it a little weird because I think Luke Deal is going to be the backup tight end to Rivaldo Fairweather. Uh, and I yeah. think everyone in the Auburn uh, surrounding area Great. will agree. Uh, Oscar Chapman, I feel like is a little low. Should have been first team, in my opinion. The 2021 Iron Bowl Offensive MVP definitely deserved a little bit more love than third team. And then Nehemiah Pritchett made the list, which completely agree with him being on this list. DJ James out there. It's weird. I would think Nehemiah and, and DJ James can both find themselves on that third team. Uh, and, and to be honest with you, you know I'm a Nehemiah Pritchett truther. I, I, I certainly sing songs of his praise. DJ James, I think, is objectively a more complete player. <laughs> yeah, a, a guy who's a lockdown guy who I've been extensively comparing to Carlton Davis uh, and a guy who I think is going to end up finding himself in that first round. Even though Carlton Davis fell in the second round, I think DJ James is going to find himself in that first round. All right, you uh, put the ball on the tee for me, by the way. Just random ADD thought here. You said Carlton Davis. The video of him and Jamel Dean interviewing each other uh, from, the, from the Bucks socials might be the the, be the greatest video on the internet today. Uh, that yeah. j- it just It might be. 
I commented on it. I don't know when it came out. I was trying to see if I could catch some bait because I definitely said uh, just two Auburn guys, just two guys uh, from DBU chilling together, something <laughs> like that. Because the fact that those that those two right there are one of the top cornerback tandems in the NFL, and both guys played together at Auburn or at the same school, and say. clearly they both have a future in broadcasting. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean definitely need to be running the Tampa Bay local news uh, outlet. They need to be the new play-by-play guys. Yeah, and I'm sure they're having like, a fun time at uh, at Buccaneers at, at the fall camp for the Buccaneers. Probably picking off those quarterbacks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> With Baker Mayfield as the starting quarterback and Kyle Trask as the backup, I'm sure they're having a field day over there in Tampa Bay. Sorry for the random side note, but that video is just awesome. Okay. And if you haven't seen it yet, go to Bucks social medias, any of them, Twitter, Twitter. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok that are all there. Um, it is. It will make your day. It, it, it'll just make you laugh. It does work out fine because I compare DJ James to Carlton Davis a lot, but I also compare Nehemiah Pritchett to Jamel Dean a lot. Uh, just why not? DJ and Carlton both being the more complete guys, uh, heavy in man coverage, don't get a lot of picks, but get a lot of PBUs. I, the 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 tangibles are all there together between those two. And Jamel Dean, reading my Pritchett, kind of guys who need to be workshopped a little bit more. Sure. Uh, the faster ones of the of the two, uh, a little bit taller as well. So the tan, it's like a perfect like coagulation of the two. The only difference is they're both going to go in the same draft class together. Yeah. But Carlton Davis and Jamel Dean were a year apart. Do you think that we could talk like the Saints or the Falcons or the Panthers into using two picks on? On, on 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 Nehemiah and DJ. That way we can have twice a year we get like the Auburn DBU bowl. Dude, that would be hilarious. And then and you get Jay Simp and Keontae Scott get drafted to one of those teams as well. <laughs> I love it. Just I'm about fill, it. Fill out the DB DBs. I, I think that it's proven that Auburn is DBU. I think I, I feel like this is not a conversation for today. <laughs> hey, think about it like this. Carlton Davis is better I would say Carlton Davis ranks higher before you get to any LSU or Ohio State defensive back in the NFL. It's kind of like the same thing when I talk about A.J. Brown and D.K. Metcalf. You get to those two before you get to any Alabama wide receivers. I think you get to Carlton Davis before you get to any LSU or Ohio State defensive backs. Maybe. Because, I mean, Marshawn Lattimore just holds the entire game. Like I, I'm not going to rank him high. LSU DBs, Derek Stingley isn't going to be highly ranked because he kind of is coming off of a – I mean, for a long time, Tyron Matthew was really good. Flippery slope. He yeah. fell off. And, I mean, you have Patrick Peterson. True. Now, I don't know if you even knew that. Yeah. No, actually, I did. <laughs> I have to ask. because, <laughs> But because of my disregard for the NFL outside of guys that went to Auburn? Yeah. <laughs> you know you know where Kenny Pickett and TJ Watt are. That's, and George Pickens. You know where all three of those guys are. And Darnell Washington now. And Darnell Washington. Oh, the Pittsburgh Pittsburgh Steelers versus the offense versus the Philadelphia Eagles defense would be a reunion of sorts. Uh, in the NFL. And Kenny Pickett would be the odd man out. Yeah, and he would probably not have a fun day with that Philadelphia defense going on. No kidding. But speaking of defense, Star. So there was a transfer pickup that we kind of talked about and kind of just left it because we just kind of assumed this guy was not going to be a real threat to the uh, position battle at edge rusher. But Hugh Freeze recruited Liberty edge rusher Steven Sings the fifth. 
a guy who didn't really see the field a lot at Liberty. And now he is at Auburn's fall camp, or now that it's over. Uh, he was at Auburn's fall camp, still is at Auburn. He's showing out of practice. And it kind of helps that there's a few edge rushers that are dealing with some injuries. But Steven Sings the fifth is still out there showing out. I mean, why not? And, and I say that because that was kind of one of those pickups that kind of flew under the radar. And you're like, oh, depth piece, cool, great. And, of course, that would the one that would receive the least coverage would wind up balling out the most. It's, it's just science. Um, I, I, and, I, and I get it. Yeah, I mean, if, if, if there's room for him in the rotation, the edge rushing room certainly, yeah, and he helps out, is, is encouraged. Um, I'm going to be honest, Dylan. That Auburn front seven scares the shit out of me, and not in the good way. Um, so anybody's that are going to get the job done. Yeah. Throw them in. If they can play the Jack, throw them in. Yeah. And I mean, the pass rush I've heard has been pretty, pretty good in the fall in fall camp, but the run defense has been the bad. horrifically bad. And I, I, I think, uh, it was Josh Aldridge that came out and talked about, uh, Steven Singh said, you're going to get a high motor guy. And the guy's gonna leave it all leave it all out there on Saturday, every Saturday. But here's the thing: the best defensive line in this front seven. Oh my lord! Let's go through the list again. Uh, I went through this a couple weeks ago. A and M, Ole Miss, Arkansas, Alabama, Georgia are all going to be very, very, very extremely run-heavy offenses with all of them having pretty decent O-lines outside of, I want to say, well, Alabama has a little wishy-washy O-line going on right now. Arkansas, we don't really know yet. Other three are almost like it's going to either. But the but A&M and Georgia, we know, have very good offensive lines, and those are very early on in the season. And you're going to be – you're going to know very early in the season how well this run, run defense can be. And from what we've heard, Auburn cannot stop the run unless they put – eight in the box yeah which is scary very um that's certainly going to be the focal point uh i've said it once dylan i've said it once a million times auburn's going to have to score a boatload of points if they're going to keep themselves in ball games this is going to have to be a prolific offense if auburn is hopeful to reach the the heights that, that we think that they can but that's uh that's certainly a glaring problem uh, and uh, I hate to say this, but like over half your defense is concerning. So, yeah. and it doesn't help you're dealing with a lot of injuries, not only on the defense, but the offense as well. That's right. And I mean, the injuries we're still hearing about. I mean, Javarius Johnson has stitches in his mouth. So I'm assuming he had some kind of surgery mm-hmm. going on. And that just makes it cringe a little bit thinking yep. about it. Uh, Coy Moore, your boy, has a lingering ankle injury. Nick Mardner has an injury that's not been named yet, but he's still practicing. He's just not going like full speed. Uh, Camden Brown just is struggling to get healthy, which is a horrific loss. And then going to defense, uh, Austin Keys shoulder injury. Uh, he's still out there performing, but I mean, it's hard to tackle people when your shoulder is hurt. Right. Uh, Wesley Steiner hamstring injury. Don't think it's a huge loss. Uh, we talk about Wesley Steiner profusion profusely on this show and i'm just not high on wesley steiner i think it's time to give up on the wesley steiner project 
Uh, Jalen McLeod, also dealing with an ankle injury. The App State guy, who we're also looking forward to watch on the field. Keldrick Falk has been dealing with a hand in- hand injury that's not been fully healed. And lastly, back to the offense, uh, Brian Batiste is still recovering from foot surgery. So that, I believe, is five, nine. So nine players before the season even starts dealing with injuries. And the worst one of them all is Camden Brown just cannot get fully healthy. Yeah, um, he did not great. <laughs> I just I don't even know where to start there. I'm not overly concerned because of your first two games uh, in terms of yeah. load management, if that makes sense. Um, if you can get through the first couple in, in good shape with minor injuries and, and kind of lick your wounds, you'll be okay. Uh, yeah, Camden Brown, uh, just like you said in, in the notes, string of bad luck. Um, and not great. Nick Mardner, um Thankfully, still taking practice reps. I do think he's going to be a significant part of this offense in terms of um, being able to high point the ball and probably that mid-range uh, passing. You know, you know what I'm saying? Like the mid-range. The intermediate passing game that we've been yeah. waiting so long to see Auburn play. Yes. Um, someone that's kind of a possession first guy. Um, Coy Moore doesn't make me feel great. Uh, Heldrick Falk uh, not, fully he- not being fully healed isn't something you want to hear. But also at the same time, I don't know how, how much – he's going to be impacting immediately, impactful in terms of game one. Um, So all that to say, I mean, it's so important to stay healthy and and get healthy, and that is fighting an uphill battle in football. It is just – it's one of the most physical sports in the world. So, I mean, it's – it's you can only do what you can do. All these injuries, all of these preseason lists, Dylan, between all that and me fighting this this head cold, I'm feeling a little loopy, I'm going to be honest. I'm also feeling a little loopy, sir. And you know what would make you feel a little bit better? I'm going to let you tell everyone about it because I really am feeling a little loopy. <laughs> <laughs> well, then, yeah, I'll go ahead and tell you. Y'all can go on thewarreport.com, go to their shop, or you can scroll down the link description below and get your own Feeling Loopy t-shirt for $25. Me and Tara can attest to it. He's done with some allergies right now, but I'll speak for him here. This shirt is super comfortable. Mine is in the wash yet again, so I can wear it this weekend. This shirt is awesome. I love it. I never go more than four days without wearing it just because I love it so much. comes in five colors. You got two. You got the solid navy, the heather navy, the solid black, and the heather black, and then the gray heather as well. The shirt's gorgeous. We love it. Its design is chef's kiss, and you just cannot get over how comfortable that shirt is. I also want to throw a huge shout-out to at AU Barn Trooper, who messaged me today, told me he got his Feeling Loopy t-shirt, got in the mail, sent me a photo of it, looks beautiful. AU Barn Trooper, you look great in it. And uh, and, I'm, I, and we appreciate you guys. Thank you guys so much for, for supporting us to this point while you're here. Since Dylan mentioned going and grabbing the Feeling Loopy shirt, don't don't have the 25 bucks that you want to, you want to drop right this second. I get it. What you can do to support us, like, subscribe, and ring that bell. Um, that's that's the number one thing that you guys can do. Follow us on our socials, and we'll plug at the end of the show like we always do. But like, subscribe, uh, ring the bell, drop your comments, your questions, your concerns, strongly held beliefs, demands, hot takes. We've got a lot of time between now and, and football, but also no time between now and football. But when I said we've got time, we've always got time for you guys. Um, so we, we definitely want to hear from y'all. That being said, Dylan, speaking of just college football as an entity, Football is on Saturday. It's so it's so back. There's not another college loop show without college football. Dude, way to turn me the 
heck up, dude. I'm looking at this the slate, not the greatest uh, slate of games for week zero, but college football nonetheless. We're looking at Navy at Notre Dame, looking at UTEP at Jacksonville State, UMass at New Mexico State, probably the most important game if you're an Auburn fan. Uh, or you can stay tuned for the 6:30 game, Hawaii at, Hawaii at Vanderbilt. You have Ohio at San Diego State. You have San Jose State at USC, a game that none of you will be able to watch because it's on the Pac-12 network. Unless you're so, Daniel Locke. Yeah, unless you're Daniel Locke. So go ahead and uh, go ahead, and we're going to dox Daniel. That way, everyone knows where to go uh, to watch USC and San Jose State. Then, of course, to wrap up the evening, you have Florida International at Louisiana Tech. I will say CBS Sports Network. I don't have that. So, uh, does anyone have that network? You I do. do Tar? That's crazy. How do you get it? <laughs> I don't know. It's on my parents' cable package, and I still use their credentials. Because Florida International and Louisiana Tech are it, it's that's an interesting game. Especially, I want to see what a what a Rivaldo Fairweatherless uh, FIU looks like going into the season. Dylan wants to see the Auburn developmental team in action. Yeah, I, I'm also waiting for Auburn's other feeder school, the North Texas Mean Green. I want to see whenever I want to see their schedule. I definitely want to look. I want definitely want to go to a game and watch and see some of the next up Auburn players going into the next season. Uh, just kind of looking around and re- doing some recruiting for ourselves, folks. Before we get into our college football predictions, speaking of Texas G5 schools, TJ Finley lost a starting job at Texas State. Holy shit. Oh, my God. Two Arkansas's backup quarterback from last year, Malik Hornsby. This guy tricked two SEC teams into playing him. Two coaches who got – he got two coaches fired. And then got an NIL deal at at Texas State. And lost the starting job. That's hilarious. TJ Finley, there's going to be a discussion of where does TJ Finley rank amongst the worst Auburn quarterbacks of all time. There's also going to be a discussion about where does TJ Finley rank amongst SEC busts. And we need to open up a new door about how many times can you blow new opportunities. Uh, before we call him a bust, I just want everyone to know out there, you can ask anybody I ever talked to whenever we, whenever we transferred in. I was never high on TJ Finley. I thought we messed up by getting both TJ Finley and Zach Calzada. I thought both those guys were never going to amount to anything at all. Well, we don't know about Zach Calzada. And I was right. Well, I was still right because he didn't amount to anything. <laughs> at Auburn. At Auburn. Uh, but we'll see how he does it incarnate word. But hey, I want to look at North Texas' schedule for a little bit because it's interesting, the first two games. Uh, they play versus Cal week one, and they play at, at FIU. They're playing – the feeder schools are showing love to each other by playing each other. Uh, and If Cal loses to Auburn and North Texas, did they, did they lose to Auburn twice? Yes. Just a rumor. Just it is worth mentioning Auburn also got a ba- basketball player who we'll be talking about very soon. From FIU as well, but Tar, do I should, did we talk? Do we mention? Should I should I uh, show off the the future segment we'll be doing? Yeah, let's, let's tease it real quick. All right, so we're the college loop. We keep y'all in the loop with Auburn sports, but throughout the football season, we all love college football very much. So we're going to make sure to keep y'all outside the loop as well. 
it that's i i love that i'm able to do stuff like that that thing is so cool looking it's gonna be a fun spinoff series um probably a different set of uh of videos yeah. but this is gonna be super fun outside the loop super quickly not super quickly we're gonna we're gonna preview college football super quick right I here say outside on. auburn that's gonna be outside the sec as well that's right we have another segment for the sec but we'll don't so excited to share this yes i am uh i won't show it right now because we'll wait till hawaii plays vanderbilt and gets absolutely right. curb stomped by the future sc east champion that's the right. Vanderbilt Commodores. that's right let's talk college football on a national scale national scale so let's see do so we're doing our conference champions uh for all 10 conferences uh so should we start with geo5 or p5 what's the most interesting for the for the for the people at home let's let's go g5 first should we intermingle no <laughs> all right so i'll let you I'll I'll let you pick which which conference start off with first. Let's talk about the Sun Belt Conference, soon to be won by the Troy Tro- Trojans. Ah, uh, I don't agree with that whatsoever, because I'm rocking with the South Alabama Jaguars to win the Sun Belt. I, I think Carter Bradley returning really helps, and I think they have a real good program going into this season. And they only lost to Troy last year by like one. Yeah, I like where Troy's at as a program. As from a holistic standpoint, I think they're only getting better, and and I certainly think that there is room now for more than more than one one seat at the dinner table in the SEC, and not as SEC, excuse me, and the um in in the Sun Belt, same thing, right? And <laughs> the in the Sun Belt. So uh, yeah, I like Troy to win uh, win the Sun Belt. You said you like South Alabama. What about the American Athletic Conference? I believe we're going to agree on this one. The, the, the AAC. Yes. I'll let, you, I'll let you go ahead. I'm going to go grab the, your hat. I, I will be continuing and staying on this team's train. Former SEC legendary program, the Tulane Green Wave. Oof. Uh, we are not rocking the same team here because I'm going to be rocking with the UTSA Roadrunners for the AAC of bringing back Frank Harris is as the best quarterback in the conference. I love Michael Pratt, but I'm going to stick with the UTSA Roadrunners. I feel like they have the best coach in the conference and the and one of the best in the country that doesn't get enough love. And I definitely think that DSA's head coach, and it, I hate that he's blanking on me real quick. And I believe that this is not me just kind of saying that I follow UTSA very heavily because uh, they are one of my favorite uh, G5 teams now that uh, Cincinnati has left. Jeff Trailer. Jeff Trailer is his name. Uh, I feel like he's going to be one of the next up G5 coaches to move up to the P5. Agree. Uh, I mean, that's, I, I don't, I don't hate that take. I, I still, I, I really like what Tulane's got going on. Hey, I think those two are definitely going to be the ones playing each other in the over to the Mountain West, where I know we have different teams. Yes, we do. I will be rocking with the Fresno State Bulldogs. I'm going to get a lot of hate for this one. Yeah, you are. <laughs> because I'm not going to put this hat on because of what it symbolizes, but. I'll be rocking with the Boise State Broncos. Uh, I don't really have a lot. I think they're the best team in the Mountain West. I think they've built up a good roster. I feel like their coach is on the right track. And I think that this team is also going to be next up in the Pac-4. The Pac-4, that's right. Soon to be (laughs) Pac-4. Over to the MAC, where I will be honest with you folks, I threw a dart at a map board, uh, at a map, and just kind of saw where it landed closest to. Um, Not actually. I I liked the Central Michigan Chippewas. Um, through a dart between Ohio and Michigan. That's what you did. Yeah, I did. <laughs> I like the Central Michigan uh, Chippewas. Yeah, and this is going to be the last G5 hat that I have for a team that I picked. I'm going to be rocking with the Toledo Rockets. 
Is it just because you have the hat? No, it's not. I actually looked through their uh, through some of their previews and whatnot, and I think they're actually going to win the win the Mac. Uh, mm. And I get to wear their hat when they do win it. So there you go. So over to the conference <laughs> USA. Maybe we'll agree on one eventually. Uh, I like Uab. Um, I really do. Um, the UAB Blazers. Uh, I, I really do. I, I they're they're due again to to reason. Western Kentucky can do the damn thing. They can absolutely do the damn thing. I like UAB. I too would say that I like UAB. Uh, I they're my second favorite school in the state of Alabama, but I do think I'm going to be rocking with Tyson Helton and the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers. They can absolutely do the damn thing. I just I don't I don't know. Pac-12 champion. <laughs> Go ahead, Dylan. I am going to be rocking with. Hold on, let me grab the hat. You're so annoying. Oregon Ducks to win the Pac-12. They beat with that defense. Dan Lanning is on the way up going in. And I thought about not picking them because they're moving to the Big Ten. And I was going to rock with Oregon State. But I decided against it because I think that this is the year. Uh, Bo Nix has improved so much under this new offense. He's focused having fun. I would be surprised if he's a dark horse for the Heisman type season. I think Oregon really be up to that defense again. I think they got the right pieces together. And there's a team that we'll talk about in a second that I think is being a little overrated for the season. Okay. Um, I'll say them. I've got the USC Trojans winning the Pac-12, going undefeated and making the college football playoff. No defense. <laughs> okay. I, I, I knew you were going to dog on them. It, it's fine. Um, who's one of the Big 12 this year, Dylan? Big 12. Do I have their hat? I do not, I don't think. Nope. I got the Kansas State Wildcats. Win in the Big Twelve. I, I think uh, Coach Klein has them in the right in the right place. Uh, I think Texas, uh, for what it's worth, could definitely be the team they play in the in the Big Twelve championship. I just think Texas just needs either another year or a new coach. Because uh, I don't think Sark is the guy to get him over the hump. Uh, but I do like Texas's roster. But I think Kansas State has the coach and the pieces needed to win the Big Twelve. All right. So yeah, we're still not going to agree. I don't. I think we won't agree until we get to the. I'm taking the Texas Longhorns. Hook I should them. send you. I should send you to the <laughs> depths of hell. To the, yeah, exactly for doing that. That's right. <laughs> Big Ten. I know we don't agree on this one because you did crack before you picked your winner. You just hate this team. You just hate this team so much. I'm rocking with James Franklin and Drew Aller, Nick Singleton. The Penn State Nittany Lions are going to be winning the Big Ten this year. I think they finally built a roster to compete. I think they found a good year to do it. I think it's going to be a down year for those two teams that play in the second or third best rivalry in college football. So, for all the times you criticize me for having horrendous takes and dying on hills of coaches that are not that good, you're going to sit here and side with James Franklin. Yes, I am. Oh, there went all my hats. That's yeah. why. Um, <laughs> Dylan, that's horrendous. I don't think it is. I think you just hate Penn State. No, I, I think that you are critically overestimating the fact that, or overestimating my, my affinity or lack thereof for Penn State. James Franklin is not a championship level coach. Well, we don't know that yet because he's not been there. Sorry, I had to fix these hats. I'm OCD. But dude, not I, been I, there because he can't get his team there. He struggles from having 
to deal with both the peaks of Ohio State and the peak of Michigan for what it, it was. Because I definitely think with Digi McCarthy, I think he's a I don't even think he's a top ten quarterback in the college football. I think he's barely even a top four quarterback in the Big Ten. And we don't know Ohio State's quarterback situation yet. It doesn't I think matter. Drew I think Drew Aller has the tangibles needed, and I think James Franklin does have the coaching ability needed. I mean, we saw what he did at Vanderbilt. He can do it at Penn State, and he built the roster that he needed to do that. And I think this is the year that Penn State is going to get over that hump, and that hump is Michigan and Ohio State and find his way in the Big Ten Championship where he's going to beat Luke Fickle in Wisconsin. I don't hate the Wisconsin pick in the, in the Big Ten Championship. Yeah. It's definitely one of these three. Versus Wisconsin. The Michigan Wolverines are winning the Big Ten. And going back to the CFT. They are one of the most complete teams in college football. It will come down to them in Ohio State as to who's going to be the appear, uh, appear in the Big Ten Championship. The winner of, of, of that game will win the Big Ten. Penn State is an afterthought. That's just absurd talk. I think you just hate them because J.J. McCarthy is not a championship winning quarterback. J.J. McCarthy is a beyond serviceable quarterback. I did not say he's a top 10, top 15, top 20 quarterback in college football. But the guys around him and the team around him and Michigan's continued commitment to the trenches, I I, I love what Jim Harbaugh's done. And, and I like the Michigan Wolverines to go back to the CFP again this year. Let's go to the ACC, another one that we're going to disagree on. Just for kicks and giggles, go ahead. All right, so I had the debate for a second, and I was thinking of a Florida team, one of them that is orange and green, because I have an affinity for Miami for some reason. I've been wanting Miami to be good ever since I got Mario Cristobal, and I almost ever picked them away ACC. Year? Yeah, uh, I've had an affinity for them, and you know this. I'm very high on Miami and what Mario Cristobal can do. But I decided with Tallahassee and Florida State, I think Mike Norvell is going to get over that hump that is a – Blue, not a blue blood. Uh, oh my lord, what's it called? The blue chip ratio, because he's got a very low one compared to what you usually see from championship caliber teams. He's going to get over that hump. I think Florida State's going to win the ACC uh, and probably beat Clemson in the process. Most, no, mo- not probably, will beat Clemson in the process. That's going to be tough to do when they don't beat the Clemson Tigers and the Clemson Tigers win the ACC and return to the college football playoff. Uh, Cade Klubnick's the real deal. Dabo Sweeney, recency bias has got everybody talking about just Nick Saban, just Kirby Smart. Both of those, I confidently think, are are better coaches than Dabo Sweeney. Oh, 100%. But but do not let that overshine the fact that Dabo Sweeney is one of the best coaches in the history of college football. That's just a fact. I'm not saying he's the best. I'm I'm not even sure that he'd be top five. He would be top ten. Clemson is the real deal. Cade Klubnik is the real deal. You take DJ Uyungle off this team last year, it is a different Clemson team at the end of the year. That group is going back to the ACC championship. They're going back to win the ACC championship. They're not going to lose a single damn football game in the process. And they will be back in the college football playoff this year. I don't think so. I think Cade Klubnik is a great quarterback, and I think that they made the best hire of the offseason to get in Garrett Riley. I just don't think that they did enough in the offseason to build a roster that can do that. Uh, the wide receivers have not the same of the, yesteryear's Clemson's wide receiver core. 
Dabo Sweeney refuses to do the one thing that you need to do to win championships in this era of college football, and that's recruit the transfer portal. He refuses to do that. He loses so many players to the portal, and he's only ever brought in one guy from the transfer portal, and it was the guy who originally committed to Clemson, transferred, went to Northwestern, and then transferred back for some reason. That's the one guy he let in. But he just doesn't do that. So the roster is just a big question mark because we don't know what they're going to look like. Kay Klubnik, we know because we've seen him. But, I mean, Will Shipley's good. I don't think he's one of the greatest greatest running backs in the world. But the team overall, I just – I think Debo Sweeney is just not aging right to people that watch Clemson because he just doesn't do the one thing that you need teams to do nowadays, and that's the transfer portal. Think about what we talk about with Auburn nowadays. Auburn's going to be so much better in this year than they were last year because of the fact they recruited in the transfer portal. But Dabo Sweeney just has an affinity for not doing that. I guess Phil Moffa died too since you left him out, but that's all right. Um, what? Phil Moffa? RB2 behind Shipley? Like, they have a two-headed monster at running back. Phil Moffa's disgusting. I He's gross. He's also a Grayson product, fun fact. <laughs> that's why you know who he is, and probably because you watched Georgia Tech play him this year as well. He's a four-star. He's like a 92 composite. Outside of Auburn recruiting, I know dude. who this kid is. I think if you're going to claim that my reason that I'm not high on Penn State is because I don't like Penn State, I think that we should negate your hate for Clemson. No, it's I hate Clemson fans. I don't hate the team. I don't also I don't like Dabo Sweeney, but I I respect he's a good coach. It's like it. I don't say the adverse effect of Nick Saban because I like Nick Saban and I respect him as a coach. I don't like Dabo Sweeney, but I can respect him as a coach. I look at Clemson's roster. Yes, I think that they are going to be up in the top three of the ACC just because of the coach itself and Cade Klubnik. There's I don't think the team built around Cade Klubnik. better than Clemson in the ACC. I think Florida State is one. But I think there are some teams around that could definitely compete. I mean, we've seen the best Clemson teams lose games to Syracuse. I don't think they're going to lose to Syracuse this year. I think they're going to lose to Florida State. Okay. Twice. Whatever. Whatever. The SEC champion is Georgia. Yep. That's and, the one we can agree on. <laughs> and uh, I think it'll be Georgia over LSU. Um, that's just me. Yeah. Um, the only one we agree on. So your college football playoff picture looks like what? So my college football playoff picture looks like Georgia at one. Uh, with my picks, Penn State at two, uh, just because at that point you've beaten both Michigan, Wisconsin, and Ohio State. And then I have Oregon at three, then Florida State at four, with Ohio State and LSU on the outside looking in. I've got Georgia at one, Michigan at two, USC at three, and Clemson at four. And that would leave Oregon outside looking in more than likely. As as a, as a non conference winner, um, and and more than likely also LSU outside looking at. So agree on two things. Yeah, in that well, at least you're just wrong about the rest. Right. I we're think both, you're wrong about the. Let's rest. be honest, we're both wrong. We're both wrong about yeah. It's gonna be it's gonna be UTSA, Tulane, Toledo, and Western Kentucky is one through four. Georgia on the outside looking in because they went zero and twelve, but they're still highly ranked for some reason. AP poll is weird. The AP poll way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Heisman winner, Dylan. Who wins we the we didn't, we didn't say national champion. Oh, national champion is Georgia. I have Penn State. I think you Penn State. You are really smoking crack. 
you I'm going Penn really State over Oregon. And it's very hard to win a championship three times in a row. And that's why I don't think Georgia's going to do it. If anyone ever could, it's this Georgia team. If Carson Beck is decent, if think about it, if Carson Beck's better than the mailman. I just don't think – I think this Georgia team is not going to be as dominant as last year's team was or even the year before that. Georgia's defense this year might be better. I don't think it can be. I think I think Georgia's going to slip up, and I think they're going to do it the worst time possible in the national championship. You watch. I have Georgia winning the national championship. Who wins the Heisman in 2023-24? Now, I said it once. I'll say it again. This is the year. Bo Nix has improved so much under this new offense. He's focused. He's having fun. I would not be surprised if he's a Heisman winner in 2023. And I think he's going to win it over both Drew Aller and Jordan Travis in a quarterback award that is the Heisman Trophy. Bodacious Bo Nix will be winning his Heisman in his second year at Oregon and his second year away from the Auburn Tigers. Bo Nix will be in New York for the Heisman ceremony. Certainly. I, I, I firmly believe that. Folks, I think we're watching the second two-time winner of this award in the history of college football. I've got Caleb Williams winning the Heisman again. He's got the pieces. The kid, the, the, that dude's got, he's got stuff. I mean, he, he has, the, the, undeniably, the first overall pick in the 2024 NFL draft. He oh, has sure. stuff. It's, it's a matter just... of... What does his resume, which I think it's tougher, not just because it's tough to repeat for the award. I think it's tougher for him than anybody else in terms of what he needs to accomplish because how does he get better than last year? Because that's now, and in the eyes of, of Heisman voters, that's the Caleb Williams standard. Should it, should it be that way? No. I, I think if there was ever a time for us in our lifetime to witness another repeat winner of, of the Heisman Trophy, I, I, I think Caleb, Caleb Williams has, has, has those pieces. And he has the tangibles and intangibles. To that, I'll say it's we should have saw a back-to-back Heisman winner last year, per se. Because I think Bryce Young actually had a better year than he did the year prior. And Bryce Young is, was a better quarterback – or is a better quarterback than Caleb Williams is. I just think he also has the Pac-12 defense to deal with. Bryce Bryce Young had a better year than he did in his Heisman year, but that alone, him not his team letting him down in those two games, LSU and Tennessee, kept him from New York. Even though he should have been there instead of the quarterback that won the national championship, uh, Stetson Bennett should not have been there. Correct. Let's not forget there is a huge element, and there are a lot of teeth to the argument of the Heisman is not the best player in college football. It's the best player on the best team. Sometimes. Sometimes. A lot, a, lot of, a lot of the time. You have to be really freaking good to win a Heisman and your team not be in the college football playoff or, or, or in the national championship. Caleb, William, Caleb Williams has the stuff, man. And just to keep it USC related, just because I'm going to go into my most overrated college football team of the season. USC is going to be where I stand on that matter. And it's not because I think USC is a bad team. It's because I look at their schedule and it's not favorable for them. You start off the season, San Jose State, Nevada, Stanford, easy three wins. Uh, and then you Arizona State could be, a, could be a tough matchup for them, but I think they'll prevail. They'll beat Colorado handedly. Arizona could also be a tough game for them, but I think they'll win. Then you have a, a slate of at Notre Dame, Utah 
at Cal, which will be a win, Washington at Oregon, then UCLA. The back half of that schedule is not kind to a defense that is not improved from last season. That's why I think Caleb Williams will not win the Heisman again or even be in the race because he his defense is going to let him down yet again because Lincoln Riley keeps Alex Grinch forever for some reason and won't fire a bad defensive coordinator for whatever reason. I think USC made some good pickups on defense. I don't think they did enough to have a defense worthy of getting Caleb Williams back to New York and getting USC in the playoffs. Well, that's funny you say that because my most overrated team going into 2023 is the Oregon Ducks. Um their schedule does not prove anything to me on the uh, on a complete flip side on a different note. Portland State, Texas Tech, Hawaii, Colorado, Stanford, Washington, there's your, there's your, a, a quality opponent. Washington State, Utah, California, USC, quality opponent, Arizona, excuse me, Arizona State, Oregon State. I understand Oregon State's quality opponent. I, I understand your Oregon State agenda. They're in damn Pac-12. I don't I don't I don't buy it. They're running back is should be one of the best, should be recognized one of the best in the country. If you're starting DJ Uyunglele, you're not that damn good. Also, I I don't think Clemson was in the best place offensive coordinator wise last year for DJ Uyunglele. He's oh, so suddenly you want to defend DJ Uyunglele? Is that right, Dylan? No, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. I'm I'm not I'm not getting into this. We need to get back into Auburn athletics and get back uh, get back to what to where we where, where our roots are. Hey. Any other preview parts? That's fine. I'm not going to talk to you if you're going to sit here a ye- calendar year after you said that this man was quote ass and sit I here mean, and tell me new team, new DJ. I don't think he's going to be a great quarterback, but I definitely think he ups the. I want to say I almost said ante ups the ceiling of what Oregon State could be because I think he he was not good at Clemson for any sense of the word. But I think he can be somewhat serviceable for Oregon for Oregon State, especially with that running back in their backfield. Everyone forgive Dylan. Saying. He's been drinking, clearly. I'm finding this running back's name. Okay, whatever. What, any, anything else you wanted to touch base on uh, before we before we get back into Auburn athletics and kind of wrap this thing up? Okay, so we got most underrated team in college football. Uh, Penn State is my answer. Uh, just because I think that People look at Michigan and Ohio State way too much, and Penn State obviously my choice. So, South Carolina Gamecocks, and the, well, keep that in mind going into the SEC. Go back to the SEC. Most overrated team in the West, probably Ole Miss. I also have Ole Miss in the East. You're not gonna like my answer. South Carolina is gonna hurt my feelings. Uh, probably Tennessee, in my opinion. I have Tennessee as well. I think they're going. I think they think Joe Milton's going to be way better than than they've actually seen. A guy who's lost his job twice in his career. I think Tennessee's still a ten-win team. I I think nine wins. I am very high on my most underrated team in the East, Kentucky. I think Kentucky's not getting enough love South for Carolina what they did. I, I, South Carolina can be can, can finish second in the in the. East. I think Kentucky can. I think Kentucky might finish second in the East just because yeah. Devin Leary. I'm not there. I'm not. I'm not on your wavelength. Continue. And then most underrated team in the West. That's that's a tough one. <laughs> You're going to say the Auburn Tigers. I am going to say the Auburn Tigers, just to bring it all back full circle, back and, to the Auburn Tigers. And I think I'm going to agree with you. Yeah, a team that is projected to finish five and seven, six and six, 
from every major I would media. like to change my overrated in the West answer. You say the Alabama Crimson Tide? I'm going to say the freaking Texas A&M Aggies. They were my second choice. Let's go ahead. I'll say A&M so you can say Ole Miss and we can get them covered and pissed off, piss off both fan bases. Yeah, we can just – Because, by the way, before we get back to Auburn, I just want people to know. Auburn Twitter member of the week. <laughs> I just want people – I want to put people out there. You can quote this. I expect Texas A&M to be horrendously bad. I mean, I, I, I think the wheels fell off the bus last year. And I don't know how the hell you put them back on. I don't understand how anyone in their damn right mind looked at and, and, and that has an AP voting privilege and said, yeah, yeah. Surely last year was a fluke. Surely Jimbo Fisher's still the right guy. Surely that quarterback mess of a situation isn't a problem. Surely people leaving that, that program or, or athletes leaving that program because it is clearly a sinking ship is not a red flag. You, you folks that did that, y'all should never give people dating advice because clearly you don't see the writing on the wall. There, there's, there's ways to put wheels back on the bus. And I can tell you how you don't do it. Hiring Bobby Petrino. For, for as great of a hire as Garrett Riley was for Clemson, Bobby Petrino was the adverse effect for Texas A&M. If you were to rank them, like best coordinator hires to worst, it'd be one Garrett Riley at the very bottom of the list by Petrina. Let's also not kid ourselves. If Jimbo Fisher's name was not Jimbo Fisher, that dude would have been fired last year. It's a buyout, dude. <laughs> it, it's a monstrosity, but buyout. A&M has the money. They're, they, I think they have the check written out. The, it, 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 is, it is a check without a date. That is all that, it ha- the, all, the, all that it's missing. Um, Fisher is one horrifically bad loss away from losing his job and a couple of just normal losses from losing it anyways. A&M is a dumpster fire, and I don't want to hear otherwise. I have a date in mind that might be going in that check. What's up? I have a date they might be writing that check and giving I it think it could, I think it could be against the Auburn Tigers as well. I think it's going to be September 24th, the day after. Auburn goes in the college station and gets Jimbo fired, Bob Petrino fired, and Cam Coleman flips all within that weekend. Because I think that's going to be a fun weekend for the Auburn Tigers. Because I just, I'm, I completely agree with you. And and just to, so I, you can piss off them. I'll piss off the other team. Ole Miss, I'm going to go ahead and let y'all know, y'all are not a rival of ours. You're not. You're not an Auburn rival. You're not, we don't look at you the same way we look at LSU, Alabama, and Georgia. You are a team that Auburn has looked at as an afterthought the last few seasons. Yes, you beat us last year. Yeah, sure. First time you beat us in the past seven in the first time in seven years that y'all have overcame the Auburn Tigers. But here's the thing. Auburn had a deal on the table for Lane Kiffin. Lane Kiffin or Lane Kiffin offered a number and Auburn said no. And then for some reason Ole Miss thought about that and then offered him more money. For some reason. Money that I don't think their program really has. So just like spend willy-nilly like that. Especially with the fact that they're offering NIL stuff to recruits. And I I think some of these Ole Miss guys are going to end up being like uh, Jane Rashada last year at Florida. I think you're going to get to a school, realize, oh, they don't have the money that they promised. Well, I'm leaving. 
I think that's going to happen again. I think Ole Miss, for for what Lincoln Fitness is a transfer guy, I don't think he's the same way as a high school recruiter. I I don't disagree at, at all. Also, I do I do want to throw this out there uh, to kind of piggyback off of your off of your afterthought comment. I don't usually get involved in the banter that you get involved with in the with the Ole Miss fans because I I quite frankly recognize that it's waste waste of time and waste of oxygen. Let me read off some numbers real quick. Auburn versus Alabama all time, 37, 49, and 1. Auburn versus Georgia all time, 63, 56, and 8. Auburn versus Ole Miss all time, 35 and 12. You are not relevant. And you quite literally never have been. Ole Miss has always been launch pad you for prolific coaches and for diamonds in the rough. Congrats every now and then you find a, a couple of great ones. Side note, Eli Manning, not that good. Anyways, just 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 throwing that out there. When, when Ole Miss seems to think, and, and, and Lane Kiffin's brilliant in, in terms of turning everything into recruiting, everything into branding. He is a genius at that, seriously. But when Ole Miss plays up the whole, oh, they want to act like we're irrelevant because they're scared of us, bullshit. No, people treat you like you're irrelevant because you are. Unless you want to start talking about when when players wore leather helmets. Blake had a great quote yesterday, Dylan, about Ole Miss fans. You never saw the inside of the Georgia Dome for anything other than a peach bowl. You sure as hell haven't sniffed the bins. You don't get to eat at the big kids' table. You don't get to talk like you're at the big kids' table. And I got a, I got news for you. That exciting 10-win season, that's your seal. Go on, Dylan. Sorry. It's worth mentioning as well that Brian Harson and <laughs> uh and Lane Kevin both have the same. They have the same record against each other. One and one. Lincoln is, is not a big game coach. He never has been, and he's never going to get Ole Miss over the hump. He probably could get some school over the hump at some point, but he's not getting Ole Miss over the hump. Not, not enough resources, not enough talent, not enough love from the fans. It's just not happening. Statement Y'all of fact, is what it is. Cope with it or don't. The choice is yours. Let's move forward. Let's talk Auburn athletics. Back into the Auburn realm. We're talking Auburn basketball right here on the College Loop. Dude, Denver Jones, you talked, you, you made a little innuendo to him earlier. 21 straight three three-pointers. That's kind of awesome and impressive. The video is mesmerizing. He's, dude, him, Aiden Holloway, are going to be so good at that one and two. Uh, just throwing up shots, and it's going to be so nice to watch an Auburn team that can finally have guards that consistently can make those shots. Again, it'll be nice to have that again. Yes. Do not so, – oh, I'm about to say, hold on. Hold on. Jared Harper. Jared Bryce Harper and Bryce Brown, Brown yes. <laughs> that, that 2019 team feels so long ago after what we have right. been, been through with guard play, and I, I think our last – Good guard was Shreve Cooper, which a guy we didn't get to see a lot of. No, and last, before, great and be- last great guard. Last great guard. We, we had some good guards. Uh, Widow Green 
off and on at times. Uh, before that, I, I, Samir Dowdy was really good whenever whenever he got got hot. Uh, Javon McCormick. Javon McCormick. Uh, and that's Auburn's last true like good duo of guards. And sure. now it looks like we're going to have that again alongside some really good shooters on the rest of the depth chart as well. Because uh, Chaney Johnson, hello. Uh, dude's got ups and he can stroke the three. Dude, I, I think Chaney Johnson. If is there is there an award for best like transfer pickup? No, I think there is newcomer for sure. Newcomer, newcomer. Yeah. I, I think Chaney Johnson is is probably Auburn's front runner for that award. A guy who flew out of the radar, D two guy. I think he's gonna get that award. Also, you spoke about Aiden Holloway really, really quickly before we get to soccer and volleyball. Bruce Pearl, it's almost like he's giddy to coach Aiden Holloway. In, in in games and, and, and why wouldn't you be i would too I, yeah no I, I i get it 100 he has just been so complimentary of how special aiden holloway is folks if he is half as good as advertised and he's if he's half as good in college as he was in high school you're looking at a damn lottery pick that dude is a dog and he's gonna be so much fun Moving forward from men's basketball, we're going to talk a little bit of women's soccer. We're going to talk some women's volleyball right here on the loop. Auburn soccer taking on Syracuse Thursday, August 24th. That'll be in Syracuse, New York. Weather should be really nice up there. I was just up in that area. It was beautiful. (laughs) Fifth-year senior midfielder, Sydney Richards, not messing around two goals in the win versus Troy. And that's just kind of been her shtick. Is 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 being able to put balls in the back of the neck and in the back back of the net. Um, This group is are certainly better than last year. Not, not that Auburn was not great last year, but less than middle of the road, uh, less middle of the road than they were last year. I don't know what you're giggling about, but I'm going to move forward. I'll tell you about that. Yeah, <laughs> I think I know what you're giggling about. Anyways, so that being said, they'll take on Syracuse this week, expecting big things out of her, out of Anna Haddock. Um, and obviously defense has been shut down. They've only given up, I think, one goal to this point this year, maybe two. Um, so... Positive feedback there. We're going to have some insight from Colin Byersdorf next week, talking a little bit about Auburn soccer and where they're at. He's alive. <laughs> he is he's alive. Been, he's been resuscitated. We have he found him. We did find him. He was curled up in the fetal position, crying about um, NIL deals. Anyways. He was under the desk at Eagle Eye. That's right. <laughs> Volleyball season starts Friday. Dylan, you excited? Oh, yes. Last season, Auburn finished 22-9. and nine, One of the best seasons Auburn's ever had in volleyball. Returning a lot of, of the Creek contributors to that team. And volleyball... If you love it, it's 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 such a great sport to watch. And if you like it, it's also just a great sport to watch. And if you don't like it, it's also a very great sport to watch. Because especially when Auburn's good, and this team is going to be very good, may, uh, maybe atop of the SEC. We don't talk enough about the fact that Brent Crouch might have been like the best, the most impressive coach on the Plains last year, by the way. Um, yeah. A program that was quite literally literally dead like did not exist then and just taking them 22 and 9 making a tournament appearance i mean we were we would have been content saying okay you know like competing in the sec looks like there's some pieces there no this team looks like within within a, a half decade that this program could be competing at the highest level of of, of, of women's volleyball at that in, in, in the NCAA Brent Crouch is a dog like that guy knows what he's doing and Auburn volleyball is 
fun. They're young. They're good. And I, I truly regret that I did not go to any meets while I was at Auburn. I truly regret it. Volleyball matches were so fun. I met Bruce Pearl for the first time there, my freshman year. <laughs> yeah, their first match is on Friday where they start their War Eagle Invitational playing Coppin State on Friday, playing McNeese State on Saturday, and then also on Saturday playing Jacksonville State as well. And that get, those games are Friday at 6, Saturday morning at 10, and Saturday evening at 7, and then next week they'll travel to Tallahassee. But you can expect a lot of volleyball coverage, soccer coverage from here on the College Loop. Right here on the College Loop. A lot of new stuff coming up next week. Football around the corner. Super, super excited. Drop your comments. Make sure you like, subscribe, and ring the bell right here on YouTube. Make sure you follow along all of our, all of our social, other socials. Doing what you got. Oh, nine, nine days. days. Nine days. Until Auburn Until football Auburn is football. back. And, and we are excited for it. Jam-packed week next week. I mean, we are going to be slammed, sleep-deprived, and it's going to be worth it. When I tell you guys next week has a star-studded guest lineup, I am not messing around. Um, so make sure, like I said, you like, subscribe, you ring that bell so you can stay up to date with everything going on at the College Loop. Follow along on the socials. Dylan's going to plug here in a minute. Dylan's, I think, going to give you a little preview. You can hold up just so people can see. I know. I was going to be like, all right, so here, y'all got to be quick about it. I'm going to hold it up for a second, and y'all get to see the, see the names. There it is. Right. You the camera it? never even focused, so you're just out of luck, folks. <laughs> um, Star-studded lineup of, 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 of guests for next week. Super, super excited. Make sure to come hang out with me on the Bird app, on the X app, whatever you want to call it, and on threads at by Harrison Tar. And, yeah, that's actually all I got. So thank you guys so much for hanging out with us on the College Loop today. Dylan, let's get out of here. I'm Dylan Lark at Tank on X slash Twitter. Redirects, so whatever you put in the bar, it'll work. And you also got me. You can follow me on Instagram as well, at Dylan Lark, D-Y-L-A-N-L-A-R-C-K. Boom. And if you want to follow us here at the College Loop, you have us on X slash Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, Instagram. Again, right here on YouTube where you should like, comment, subscribe, leave some questions, leave some thoughts, leave some bold takes. How do you think Peyton Thorne is going to perform this season? Who do you have winning the next championship? Who do you have winning the conferences? Uh, who do you have winning the Heisman? And why is it Bo Nix? And, of course, you can always listen to us. If you're tired of seeing our faces, which I completely understand. Look at Tari it. down there. Look at him. I would, I, would, I would listen as well if I was a fan. So you can also get us there on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. Stay tuned for the next episode where we get to talk about some Vanderbilt football and get the preview little series that we'll be doing alongside during the weeks of the upcoming football season. Do I want to get the title or do I want to wait? What do I want to do? Maybe wait a sec on it. Maybe wait a sec. We'll wait a sec on it. You know, Just give me a sec to think about it, and I'll kind of decide later on if I want to give it to him. Right. But for right now, you just got to wait till Sunday. But again, with all that being said, this has been the College Loop Podcast.